We've got a gripping story about a house today. Also, bourbon in space. That's next on the Access Louisville podcast. Thanks for joining us. My name is David Mann. Today on the show, I'm joined by Haley Cawthon. Hi there. Stephen Schmidt. Hello. And Ellie Tolbert. Hi. Access Louisville is a weekly podcast from Louisville Business First. Each week we bring you the latest news along with plenty of sharp opinions about what's happening here in Louisville, Kentucky. Plenty of that on this week's show too. But also we have this funny story. It's not funny. It's kind of Serious, I guess, but uh, funny how this this sto- <laughs> not funny, haha. <laughs> funny, but weird, just funny, like a weird. <laughs> funny, th- yeah, yeah. Funny, interesting. Funny, funny off putting. Yes, <laughs> off putting maybe. All right. So, uh, the the story is about the Box Hill Estate, which Haley uh, is a big house in the uh, in is it Glenview? Yep, it's in the historic Glenview neighborhood. One of only like twenty one properties, and in the proper. Glenview historic area. Yes. And, and a lot of people probably know the history of the Box Hill Estate. We didn't. And the way we found out about the, the history of this house was is, is the funny part. What happened at the house wasn't funny at all. So Haley, just I guess just tell us um, tell us your experience uh, yeah, kind of reporting this story <laughs> okay. on Box Hill. So um, Box Hill Estate was listed for almost $6 million back in February. Um, it's owned by Bellarmine. It was gifted to Bellarmine um, by its former owners. Um, the Lansings, and um, honestly, it has one of the bigger price tags on any property in the city. I think there's a couple of five million um, properties around town that might be st- that still might be listed. But we got the exclusive on it going um, on the market for the first time in 40 years, um, so it seemed like a big deal. Um, and then we decided that we wanted to do a, a slightly larger story on it for our at-home publication, which is a glossy um, publication that comes out twice a year, um, along with regular Business First subscribers. Um, So I went out to the house in March, I think, um, to get it toured, just to get some of the history. Get some photos. Chris Fryer, our photographer. Our photographer came along. um, And it's really a beautiful estate, like driving up to it. It's grand. It's got a nice manicured yard that's been designed by this famous park designer, the Olmstead, (laughs) the guy who did the Olmstead parks. Um, I I was like, what's his name? Um, But toured the house. It was like a little old. Um, I could see why like some home buyers might be hesitant, even if it was within their price range, hesitant to buy it because it seems like a big fixer upper. Mm-hmm. Um, only a couple of the rooms are like usable as is um, because the upstairs needed a ton of work. The kitchen was like from the 60s or mm. 70s. The kitchen hadn't been upgraded at all. And some people who like vintage stuff might really like that. Yeah. Um, but then the realtor was like, oh, do you want to see the basement? And I'm like, of course why not? I'm here. Um, (laughs) so I go into the basement and, um, it was me, the realtor, our photographer was still upstairs taking photos and a a woman who works in PR was kind of following us through the basement and every room that we went into, we had to turn on a different light and the PR woman kept falling behind and couldn't keep up with us. And she's like, wait, don't leave me in here. Like, cause I was like, oh, well it's a big creepy old basement and a hundred plus year old house, like makes sense to be a little anxious um, in this house. 
So anyways, the story comes out, at home is printed, um, all is well and good, and until I'm talking to someone at UofL, at a UofL luncheon, about this story and what I do for at home as a part of my work for Business First, and they're like, oh yeah, that place is so creepy, my mom and I used to drive by it um, at night. And And they were like fascinated that you had been in there. That I had (laughs) been in there, and I'm like, oh yeah, I, I guess it's you know an old house like old houses are spooky (laughs) Um, (laughs) not thinking anything of it and then she's like no people were murdered in that house in the 70s and i'm like wait no one mentioned any murders to me right who would mention a murder (laughs) to a journalist (laughs) yeah wouldn't it's not something that would come up from a realtor i'm sure um correct (laughs) of course anyone who was around at that time would probably know of this because it sounds like it was two probably yeah um you know, high society in Louisville in the 70s. So, um, yeah, that's the backstory behind Box Hill Estate. And, <laughs> yeah. now, and now there's new news. The, the reason why we're talking about it now is because it's going to auction. So they couldn't find a buyer, I guess. Couldn't find a buyer, um, um, at least not in the time period, because I, I'm assuming Bellarmine would like some of this cash. The proceeds from the sale um, are going towards the university. Um, and so I'm sure they just want to get it off their hands and... Um, get the proceeds from that sale so um it's going to auction um in early september so keep an eye out for that if you want to put a bid on it (laughs) yeah and uh and the murders took place in the 70s and it's had a previous owner since then yeah people lived in the house for 40 years Um, i think they they willed it right after they they passed away they willed it to yeah he was a long the owner um dr alan lansing was a longtime uh benefactor for Bellerman um, and just gave it to um, the university after yeah. he passed. Yes, and uh, interesting that that was the case with Bellerman. But you heard this uh, this thing at uh, at a U of L dinner. <laughs> so, yes, uh, still a little rivalry between uh, local universities, I guess. Yeah, so it's up for auction now. I think you had a story on that today, um, and 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 how an auction works. There's not like an asking price or anything. They're just or was there a starting bid on it that? It said with no reserve. No reserve. Okay, so I think that means they uh, they will take what they can get on that house yeah. so uh all right so interesting stuff um thanks uh thanks for sharing it what's up uh what's up next with luxury living you ju- you told told me and told shay about another house you're working on it's a, what, it's 168 years old right yes um there's another historic home this one is also um in east off of us 42 um in eastern jefferson county um it was built in 1855 and it Unlike Box Hill, which, you know, requires a lot of upgrades, um, this house is really nice. Mm -hmm. Um, It has, like, this beautiful study. Um, And so check that out as a part of our luxury living section, which is, like, a digital section that we have all of these, like, high-end home um, photo galleries and that kind of thing. Yeah. It's where we do the usual weekly uh, roundup of most most expensive home sales. Yep. We trade off those. Yeah, me and Haley (laughs) take turns doing that. So, Um, all right. Well, there you go. A little luxury living backstory for you. Um, All right. Uh, So we'll switch gears. We'll talk about bourbon in space. I wish we had some theme music to play right <laughs> there. But you could uh, add it in. I could. I'll add Just it, add it like in post. You can do the sound of a rocket taking off. It's very nice. Well, tell us about the guy in the company. Yeah, yeah. So I was at uh, TechFest Louisville last Friday um, at the Thrive Center in downtown Louisville. And um, I had... Uh, 
this guy, there's a guy named Adam Anderson from Greenville, South Carolina, and he is a managing partner of, I think, Ann, I, want, I might say it wrong, but Ann Seuss Capital. Anyway, he's based out of Greenville, South Carolina, and he had just making his, his first, he was here to talk to, uh, to do a presentation, but also to try to talk to distilleries about trying to team up to have the first bourbon in space. And so what he's calling it is an orbital distillery. And uh, yeah, it's it's a pretty it's it's out there. He has this brand called he has this company called Stellar Luxuries, and what they're doing is they're looking to raise about six to seven million dollars um, to create a a distillery that would basically would go up in space. I think about maybe two hundred twenty four miles um, above the Earth's atmosphere in what they call low Earth low Earth orbit. Uh, it's all kind of out there it's all uh, kind of uh, yeah spacey yeah. yeah yeah but the thing is is that yeah there, there could be a big payout and i'll i won't uh i'll i'll um mourn that in a minute but well, uh yeah well he calls it an orbital orbital distillery but they're really aging right they're not distilling up there. no they are distilling. oh they want to distill up they want to do all the stuff okay. um and i asked them whether you know people up there and they're like no it's all going to be um done uh um, remotely or i mean i imagine yeah i guess come to think of it the only thing you really could do up there without people would be the aging process so well i think there is some automation that can take place with the still but uh you know yeah. you'd have to put the stuff in it before you yeah, maybe you exactly. do that on earth you blast exactly. it off then you distill it up there I don't yeah know. I, I, yeah i don't i don't know it seems like there's a, a lot there's a lot that's going on um but he so the basic line is that the, the bottom line is that he is a looking to he wants to he wanted to make some connections and so that was part of his plan it'll be interesting to see if any distillery um uh takes him up on his offer for what he's trying to do i mean he, he said initially he needed about eight hundred thousand, and he's going to try to crowdsource the rest of it like which which would be around five million dollars um, but yeah, I, I don't know. It's, it's you ha so for somebody to, to, to go along with this, they have to a have money that they're willing to part with and hers really, really, really not risk averse. You have to be able to take a chance. Mm -hmm. And he's not looking to make the best whiskey. He's making look, <laughs> looking to make the first whiskey in space and sell it to some collector who would like to have that kind of thing. Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> he's looking for somebody who uh, says, Hey, I want to have the first bottle of bottle in space um but, but uh, so he's trying to get uh, what was the the number you had in the story was it 94 million dollars in revenue yeah yeah because he puts it at um so there is so there's a 55 year old um whiskey that beam Centauri actually makes um that's been aged actually 55 years and the going price for that is 800,000 to 1.2 million dollars a bottle and so don't ask me how this exactly this all works out, but he was saying three months up in space with the blasting of the sound equates to about 30 years. So, so he's, th he's thinking he's going to have like a 30-year-old taste Basically, profile yes. in three months. Yes, with all this stuff happening. Um, because of the space barrels. Yep, space barrels and the sound, the sound waves. And all it all stuff. makes sense. Yeah, yeah. it's all going to work out. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and he's going to charge a million dollars. Um, he's going to charge a million dollars uh, a bottle. And I know some people will will buy will buy those. You know, Richard Branson, if nobody else. Yeah. Um, and, Sucker so, born every day. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so the interesting thing, though, is that uh, this is the closing thought: is that what he said during his presentation is that so far, 
out of all the things that have been done, there's been no profit on anything done in space, uh, just none. And so the reason this came apart that, or this came along was because the government saying, before we give you more funding for other bigger things like you know, setting up colonies on Mars or doing whatever, they're like, you need to have some type of revenue system. And so what do you do when you want revenue? You start a distillery. So this is something that, that, that um, yeah, so, so it's, they're trying to do this quick turnaround uh, and get this money, get this, you know, 90 something million and immediately put most of that money into these other, um, other programs that, that he's involved with. Because he's involved with Space for Humanity, which has so far taken three quote unquote normal non-billionaires and put them up in space. And it's a, it's a very, very, very competitive uh, process to, uh, to go up there. And anyway, a lot of interesting stuff. But the bottom line is that there's, he's hoping to have space-aged made bourbon um, and hoping to do so by the end of next year or early 2025. All right. Meanwhile, in Oklahoma. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Similarly, <laughs> bourbon in space, sushi in Oklahoma. <laughs> Two things you don't normally find. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> oh, man. All right. So switching gears here, Ellie, um, you were just writing about Drake's opening in Oklahoma. Yes. Yes. Um, Drake's, do they sell sushi? Is that a, They do. Yeah, that's their thing. Is that I they're like a... I had no idea that mm-hmm. was their thing. Yeah. Well, because I mean, I don't... I mean, they have burgers and, you know, chicken yeah. and that type of stuff. But then they also have, like, an appetizer menu with sushi. So, uh, okay. um, But, yeah, they're opening a location in Oklahoma. It's at uh, 3501 Outer Loop. Next to, there's, like, a Cheddar's over there. It's a part of this bigger shopping development. Lone Oak? Yeah, the shops yes. at Lone Oak. Um, and so I wrote about that about a year ago. It was actually, like, I think it was, like, this week a year ago. Um, I wrote about the... I. The shops at Lone Oak is being developed by Greer Development, which is based in Lexington. And he had mentioned that there would be a couple restaurants, some retail, and even a hotel. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it seems like there, I think there's a Heine Brothers out there. There's a central bank. And so this is the first restaurant that's coming through yeah. as a part of this. Um, and so, yeah, I, it. they didn't have any details of when it's going to open because they're going through the planning stages now. Um, but he said as soon as everything's approved, they're hoping to get open as soon as possible. Yeah. Well, um, I don't go to Okalona often. But mm-hmm. when I do, I go by the Cheddars. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, it's real near 65. So mm-hmm. uh, I know It's one of those, um, like, because I just feel like it's one of those, like, directional markers. Yeah. Oh, the Cheddars. The Cheddars, yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, everybody knows where that is. Right. Soon it'll be the Drake's. Other restaurant news. Um, Michael wrote about this a few weeks ago. I can't remember if we talked about it. I don't think we did. But... Haley, you tried out Pig Beach, a restaurant a lot of us thought would never open, and now it is. It opens today, August 31st. Uh, where is Pig Beach, and what did you think? Uh, Pig Beach is uh, right by Waterfront Park off of River Road, and Ellie went, too. Mm-hmm. So Ellie went, we too? Got, we oh, both went. I didn't know yeah. you both went. Well, yeah. dude, thanks for inviting me. <laughs> <laughs> we, we've got some insight. Um, well, not to say that you didn't miss anything, because, like, Again, this property, which used to be the Tumbleweed, and then it was Doc Crow's Cantina, um, has really nice views. Like, so everyone's mm-hmm. like, why would such a nice property mm-hmm. sit vacant for all these years? Um, it's because it's like 10,000 square feet. or It's huge. 14,000 square feet. Yeah. I don't remember the exact square it's footage. It's kind of off by itself. It's yes. Mm-hmm. It's kind of away from everything. Um, small parking lot. Small parking lot. You can park across the street. Um, but it has really nice patios, but all that is, 
all I was going to say is that you didn't miss much in the terms of the barbecue because I think people are going to go there for the ambiance. They're going to go there, you know, for the bar menu and appetizers and just like a cool spot to hang out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I had the pulled pork sandwich and thought it was just okay. Mm-hmm. It wasn't anything special, um, which maybe I should have ordered something different. But the cornbread. The cornbread. I obsessed about the cornbread a little bit. The cornbread was like a brick. It was, I mean, in terms yeah. of size. In terms like, of size. Oh, in terms Yeah, in terms wow. of, like, density, it was, like, the perfect density. <laughs> it was. So it was good and It was huge. very good and huge. <laughs> yeah. It was, like, the, it was, like, better than birthday cake. Mm-hmm. Wow. Better mm-hmm. than Yeah, that's, Haley was, like, I was like, bring me here my I birthday, like, stick a candle in this cornbread. <laughs> yeah, that's well, what I'll I wanted. Be good <laughs> that's what I kept saying. When people were, like, how was it? I'm, like, the cornbread. <laughs> let, me, let me just Insane. talk about that. Yeah. Um, well, I'm glad. I, I saw the pictures of it somewhere. And uh, it looked cool. They, you know, the Tumbleweed did good business there for many years. And then they opened Doc's Cantina and it just didn't work out. They had painted it. Was it was only open for like three months. Yeah, it, w- mm. it might have been six months. But yeah, it wasn't open very long. Uh, and they, they renovated it and did this crazy paint job. Uh, but now it looks like they've toned it back down. It, it's kind of got the same color scheme as like a white castle or something. Yeah. <laughs> well, like blue and white and then like hot pink for mm-hmm. a pig. The pigs. The yeah. pigs, yes. Uh, so, um, so yeah, it, it looks like a much more buttoned up kind of place. Mm-hmm. Not that I thought that I liked the color scheme on uh, Doc's Canteen. I thought it was kind of crazy, but... Um, but I never got a chance to go there because it was always on my list and then it just closed. <laughs> I feel like this place is going to last. Um, they'll probably do really good business for like <coughs> eight months out of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe a little bit more if we continue to have mild winters and stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, people are really going to like, like people are all about patios yeah. these days. And maybe they weren't back in the day. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. remember what Tumbleweed and Doc's Cantina had, but they also have like two patios. So they have like because there's two stories, so there's the one on the first floor and then the one on the second floor. I think Tumbleweed. They had at least one, Yeah. but I don't know if they had the upstairs yeah, one. Yeah, I don't so. remember. But I do remember the good views and mm-hmm. like went there a couple of times. We had a, There was like a, a business first event there once and then uh, just, you know, went there just on a random day with my family and, and you know, it was fairly busy when I went. So I'm Maybe. glad to see something over there. Maybe Business First can have another event there. Yeah, and a happy th- hour. We, we can have we cornbread. With the cornbread. With a lot of cornbread. <laughs> with cornbread. cornbread with business. <laughs> I like it. All right. Um, off of restaurants, always got to work a few in there. Um, let's talk about this new office building on the East End. Um, it's a long-awaited project uh, from uh, from VSoft, right, Ellie? So uh, tell us about that. Yeah, so they VSoft... Um, which is a IT consulting company in Louisville. Um, they first <coughs> proposed the project in 2018, and then there was just a lot of delays from um, financing troubles to COVID to all of this other stuff. So, um, but it's finally open now, and VSOF has moved in. Um, it's in the East Point Business Center, so it's on uh, 2550 East Point Parkway, uh, right off the Gene Snyder. And yeah, they um, have, I think, Two, it's a three stories. They have take up parts of two stories. Um, and then there's also space for other tenants. And so the other tenants have already been announced. They'll be moving in later in the year. But it's um, Houchins Insurance Group and Fisher Homes mm-hmm. will be taking spots in. So do you know if it's all leased up or if there's... No, it's about 87%. So oh, okay. it looks like there's so enough there's room for one more tenant. Um, so right. they're still looking for... We are looking for office space here at Business First. But I don't think we're going to go out <laughs> yeah, there. Yeah, no? that seems pretty <laughs> far away. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> and we're committed to downtown. And we're committed yes. to downtown. Yeah. I um, went to Frost Brown Todd's offices last week, I think. Um, and they're in the Mercer building, Mercer Tower. What's yes. it called? It's called 400 West Market. 400 West Market. Mm-hmm. Well, they were trying to lure. I was like, oh, yeah, Business First needs a new office. Mm-hmm. And they mm-hmm. were trying to lure us. That's a nice there. building. I went yes. there yesterday. And yeah. I, I, they weren't trying to lure me. <coughs> but <laughs> well, did you, it was a nice did building. You, tell them that you were looking to be lured <laughs> i don't know that helps <laughs> yeah that always helps <laughs> i'm looking to be lured <laughs> I don't, i'm a fish don't just looking phrase for a hook. it like that yeah um, <laughs> i went to the uh to the scion health building which is um on the other side of fourth street down by across from uh uh, the Palace Theater, and uh, told them I was talking to somebody down there, and they were like, "Oh, well, there's plenty of space in this building," <laughs> which we've talked about before. Like, there's plenty of office space mm-hmm. downtown. Yeah, I don't know why we can't availability find is not the issue. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's more construction costs. That that's that's what I've heard is what like the construction costs are high, and uh, that makes it hard to find mm-hmm. suitable office space for downtown seekers lures. Those looking to be the <laughs> 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 All right, let's see. Uh, we have one more story, and it's the prices of flights at the airport. I always assumed that because everything's cheaper in Louisville, flights out of Louisville were cheaper here than they would be if I was flying out of Cincinnati or something, but that's not the case, I guess. Um, not necessarily the case. Um, it doesn't go by size of airport. For I know it's a dumb thought. I don't know why. Yes, I, had it. <laughs> I like to tell myself the same thought. <laughs> it's uh, mostly because I don't want to drive to Cincinnati, yes, and I just want to drive. I'm to like, <laughs> I'm like, it'll equate out in gas, probably, <laughs> most likely not. Or that you'd have to stay at a hotel or something if or it's an early layover. flight, or yeah, yeah so. I don't know. So, um, anyways, prices at Louisville Muhammad Ali International Airport increased 18% year over year. Um, and that means going from $320 um, in the first quarter of last year to $378 in the first quarter of this year, um, based on data from the Bureau of Transportation Statistics. Um, and that's the 23rd highest um, airfare increase in the nation. Um, so not at the top. Um, and it's definitely not the most expensive airfare um i was looking at some of this list but like domestic flights cost the most out of anchorage for 508 dollars um like minneapolis airport it's um 456 dollars and charlotte douglas international is 454 so there's like really pricey Mm -hmm. airports and louisville isn't in that category um we're we're about the national average for anyone who's been Weighing their airport options. I guess it largely depends on the competition you have at the airport. So, you know, I I would imagine Delta is checking what Americans doing for a flight to, you know, whatever destination, Atlanta or or wherever you're going. Yeah, and that's not to say, that's like, not like the airport's sitting around saying, you know, we think people should pay more to fly out of Louisville. Um, It's the airlines. Yeah, it's the airlines (laughs) and they just price it. Yes. Yeah. Based on demand and, you know, seasonal flight schedules and that kind of thing mm-hmm. this summer has been busy i only i can only imagine like what that increase looks like over the summer again this was the first quarter so january through march yeah i've been doing a lot of traveling since the pandemic and i think i might be like reached a point where i want to keep traveling but i like i'm done with revenge travel if you know that term like <laughs> after the pandemic 
no one could travel so there's this this theory of revenge travel where everybody just went on every trip they ever wanted because they couldn't during the pandemic i think i might be over that because specifically of airline prices because they're just it's so hot to uh to well, where fly. all did you go hawaii new york vegas vegas uh yellowstone i like had a list and i just started knocking things off the list is your next trip still a part of the revenge travel or is this it is new? i think okay. it's the last it'll be the like, last one yeah and that's i'm going to tokyo um and that that was not a cheap ticket because <laughs> <laughs> uh, tokyo tickets are known for being cheap yeah, yeah. <laughs> um and uh, you mentioned minneapolis i'm flying through minneapolis so that probably oh, added a few more bucks so <laughs> but how uh, long is the flight time Oh, uh, so long. It's like 13 hours or something. Hmm. Just It's better on the way back. I guess the wind's blowing that way or something. I don't know. But uh, it's like 11 hours on the way back, but it's like 13 hours there. So, And I think I'm going through Minneapolis both ways. But Anyway, yeah. Um, wah, first world problems. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I think that's all we've got for this week's show. Before we go, we'll go around the room here. Y'all can share your social media handles. Where people can find you online. Haley, I'm going to start with you. People can find me on LinkedIn under my name, Haley Cawthon, or on X at Haley. Steve, where can people find you? I can be found on LinkedIn at uh, SP Schmidt or on X, which <laughs> still sounds weird, um, at Steve. Uh, Ellie. You can find me on LinkedIn under my name, Eleanor Tolbert, and on X at Eleanor. I've noticed in our ads, they still say, find us on Twitter. And I like flagged that yesterday. I was like, we got to like change the name of these ads that say mm-hmm. find us but on Twitter. It doesn't sound like. Oh, he he was over there on X, you know. Yeah, it yeah, sounds like sounds we're, we're on a drug. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> well, there X. used to be a very yeah. popular. Ecstasy. Ecstasy. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. ecstasy on used X. to be popular. We're on and X. People would say, I'm going to do some X. Yeah, we also keep pausing. Like, uh, you can find me on X. Uh, <laughs> instead of being like, we used to say, you can find me on Twitter. At, and now we're like, yeah. you can Should find me on Switch over X? to the some other, I mean, what's the new one? The, uh, Threads. Threads. It sounds like a clothing oh, yeah. store. Yeah. There's no winning. <laughs> Instagram keeps trying to get me to join Threads. They're like, these people are all on threads. Don't you want to be on there? And I'm like, I don't want to be on any social media. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. I kind of come and go with social media. Um, uh, I'll be on it for a while. Then I'll go away for like a year. and I'll come back. And right now I'm not really on it. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn. You can find me there at D man. No way. Not D man. David a man. That's my real name. You can find me on, <laughs> on LinkedIn. If you like this podcast, you can find it on popular services like Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify. And if you really, really like this podcast, we are looking for a sponsor. So get in touch with me. I'll put you in touch with our sales team. You can reach me on email, dman at bizjournals.com. Thank you very much, Haley, Steve, and Ellie. Thank you guys for listening to us at home, and we'll see you next time. Bye.